Welcome to the Woven Well podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Estes. I'm a certified fertility care practitioner with a master divinity degree. Each episode will cover a topic that helps educate and empower you on your fertility while honoring the deep connection your fertility has with your faith. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Woven Well podcast. First things first, y'all. We have reached a major milestone together. We have had 10,000 downloads of the Woven Well podcast. Ugh. I am so humbled that so many people would listen to our show and not just once, but again and again. It means so much to me that Woven Well can be a trusted resource for women navigating their fertility journeys. Those women are doing it with faith and fortitude, and you are a part of that. So our goal here is to provide you with accurate, understandable and faithful information about reproductive health and fertility in these short format episodes so that you can actually listen to them while you run an errand or wash dishes or drive home from work. They're, they're not so long that you have to break it up into four different sessions. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing with your friends and for proving that these episodes meet a need for holistic and faithful conversations about women's health and fertility. Mm, I appreciate it so much. And if all you know about us is our podcast, then I am happy to share that Woven Well is just one part of the work done by Woven Natural Fertility Care. We provide other free resources on our website, wovenfertility.com, and one-on-one education and workshops for women in all reproductive stages. So we're constantly on the move, and the best way, if you want to keep up with what we're doing, is to sign up to our monthly newsletter. It's going to hold everything in one place, it's really easy, and it's only one email a month. I would love to welcome you to all that we have to offer at Woven, and you can find the link to that in the show notes or on our website. Okay, thank you for letting me gush for just a minute. Thank you for letting me say thank you. Uh, But now it's time to get to today's episode, Intimacy with NFP, or Natural Family Planning. I think there's sometimes this misconception out there that sexual intimacy for couples using a natural form of family planning is somehow stunted or restricted or less than ideal in some way. But that really does not have to be the case. I think probably the misconception comes about from this cultural message out there that we inadvertently hear all the time, that if you can't have sex anywhere with anyone at any time in any way, that you're somehow being inhibited or oppressed, that you're not expressing your full sexuality, and that sex and sexuality is only good when it's without any sort of boundary or limitation. But I wonder if we really believe that to be true. For many of us in marriages, we'd probably disagree with this, whether we realize it or not. (laughs) Some boundaries are nice and some boundaries are necessities. So for instance, you agree when you marry that you will be restricting your sexual partners to that one person that you are joining your life to. That is a boundary. That's a limitation but it's not a source of oppressive control. It's a choice made out of love. And when a woman has just given birth to a baby, she is physically unable to share in certain forms of physical intimacy for quite some time. Is her husband being unfairly inhibited when he chooses to wait until she's able and comfortable to be together before doing so? Again, this is a choice of love. 
So yes is not the only authentic, free, loving answer when it comes to sex and physical intimacy. No can be equally as meaningful and loving. And I think these are just two of the examples of that. So when you choose to use a natural system of family planning, you're agreeing that from the start, there will be days that you say no out of love for one another. So this is an agreement going in. There are no surprises here. There are going to be days when the two of you together may conceive a baby. And so if that timing wouldn't be right or health wouldn't allow it or some other serious circumstance, then those will be days when you say no to sex, but yes to loving your spouse regardless. So in that way, some would say that using a natural form of family planning gives you the most freedom to make those informed decisions. Being on birth control or having an IUD in, that takes some of that freedom and decision-making out of your hands. But with a natural system, you have the total freedom to decide each season, each month, and each day what your pregnancy intention is. And that kind of flexibility is really wonderful. Because whether you think you'd like to have a baby soon or you're convinced that your family is complete, You never know what the next year is going to bring. So having that kind of flexibility really can be a gift. But I also want to be honest about the fact that it can also be challenging. So I'm not saying that it's not without its difficulties. Um, When a married couple has the opportunity to be together, they have the time and the space to be intimate, but they have to make the decision to not be together because of possible pregnancy. That's hard, right? That is difficult. But remember that no one else is making that choice for you. That choice is uniquely yours and one that you all get to make together. So sometimes I'll have couples who come in pretty set that they're going to avoid pregnancy for, let's say, the next three years. Great. I'm happy to help. I teach them how to identify those specific windows of fertility and infertility. I get them to a point where they feel confident and comfortable with knowing which days may lead to pregnancy and which won't. But... Let's say 10 months down the line, I start seeing those days of fertility being used by the couple here and there. What's behind that? Have they suddenly forgotten how to use the Creighton system? No. They are really using the Creighton system. They are having conversations about their fertility, their intimacy, and their family size. So for the first time, they are able to talk about these things in a very practical, real, and open way. They don't have to make decisions in these one to three year chunks anymore. They can be open to the leading of the spirit at any time and make real time decisions. So you always have a choice. And with a natural system, you're able to make that choice with a full understanding of what's involved. Sex is so many different things, right? It's unitive, holy, enjoyable, and procreative. So it carries with it that beautiful potential for life. That may not always be your goal, but you are choosing to embrace and respect that. And it opens up a whole new world. So again, that is a decision that you get to make together each and every month. But how do you go about making that decision? It's different for each couple. And that's part of the beauty of it. But like I mentioned, it's not a decision that you make once and then you're done. You are invited to make this decision each month, even 
each day if you want to. So if a couple starts out the month and they're like, yeah, we're going to avoid pregnancy this month, but then it comes down to that window of fertility and they don't feel quite as strongly about it, maybe they choose to be together anyway. This is not a bad decision. This is not a wrong decision. There is no wrong time to be together with your spouse. But the key in this situation is that they were informed and they made this decision together. They're a partnership. And that means that conversations about fertility and intimacy and family, they're going to come up a lot more often than they would otherwise leaving you potentially more open to God's invitation for closeness and unity in your marriage, and maybe children as well. There is a lot of goodness to be found here in those kind of decision-making opportunities. So does this take away something from the intimacy or from your freedom? Let's talk about that. Like I mentioned, a couple knows from the start that every month there's going to be a joint window of fertility, that if they enjoy genital contact together during that time, they may conceive a baby. So they're accepting that for what it is, a fact. And they work together to make wise decisions for their marriage and family. Instead of lessening the intimacy here, is it possible that it could actually increase it? That saying that you all love one another, every part of each other, even the fertility part, could make you feel even more loved and valued by your spouse. That you're not loved for what you can offer, but for who you are as a total person, mind, body, and soul. I think that means something. It's a very real expression of the love that your spouse has for all of you, and vice versa. Because remember, when you come together for that joint window of fertility, it's because both of you are fertile during that time. And it's a reminder that your fertility is an intentional part of how God designed you. It's not a flaw. It is a part of who you are. And your spouse loves who you are. And for for intimacy, is it possible that the conversations that happen each month about when to be together and, and how you envision your family Is it possible that those could increase the intimacy experienced between couples? That those open conversations about hopes and dreams and fears and worries could bring a couple closer together than if they didn't have to worry about them? So it's not always easy, but it can always be good. That intimacy is there. And choosing to love all of your spouse will always be worth it. Plus, you know, I just said it's not always easy. Is that what we're looking for? Are we looking just for easy? Because I think there are a lot of options in life that are easier, but they're far from better. So by choosing a natural system, you may not be choosing the easiest option, but you are choosing one that is honoring of the unitive, healthy, faithful, loving aspects of this type of intimacy. And so because of that, there will be times when you choose to say no to general contact, but that doesn't mean you have to say no to sexual contact. Okay, Caitlin, this is where you lost me. (laughs) I know, I get it, okay? It is very confusing when those two terms are definitely used interchangeably out in the world. But in this little corner of the podcast world, and for all Creighton users, not just ours, but all Creighton users, these are separated a little bit. 
let's dive into what that is. So it is possible to have sex and genital contact without sharing sexual contact, which is more sharing love and affection and intimacy with someone. This is not usually what we're going for, right? But it's also possible to share love and affection and intimacy, that sexual contact, without having any type of genital contact. So when you and your spouse make the decision to abstain from genital contact for a time, it does not mean that you have to abstain from sharing love, affection, and intimacy with one another. So think about that time you spent together, maybe while you were dating or early on in your relationship, getting to know one another. You were dating, you were flirting, you were sharing yourselves, your interests, your hopes with one another, and you were growing in love and closeness. Think about all the different ways that your significant other made you feel known or seen, loved and valued. And how did they make you feel that way before sex entered the picture? Those things don't disappear after marriage. Sometimes we act like they do, but they do not. They are just as meaningful six months into marriage, six years into marriage, 60 years into marriage, right? Intentionally prioritizing these other ways of expressing love to your spouse during your joint window of fertility can make all the difference in the world. You're not disconnecting from your spouse during that window of fertility. You're choosing to connect in other meaningful ways. So you talk about what makes you feel loved. You write a note to your spouse or pour their coffee in the morning. Maybe you read a book together or watch a movie you've wanted to see. Go to the park or an ice cream spot. You keep communication as open as it can be and choose to show your spouse love. Show them that you choose them, even now, even while you're fertile, even when it's not easy. All the while, keeping in mind that this window of abstinence is pretty short. It's always temporary and it's going to come to an end. And that's something that you can look forward to together, right? So intimacy while using NFP can be really, really good. And sometimes it can be challenging and good and sometimes easy and good. But regardless, the couples who use it say that it is worth it. I think the best way to end this is to point you to hearing some of those stories. So we have several episodes from the last year where couples using Creighton have shared their story, um, what Creighton has meant to them, and why they continue to use it in their marriage. So I'll link a few of those in the show notes so that you can really hear their journey and hear from them why they feel that it's worth it. Thank you so much for listening today and all the other days. At Woven Well, we do our best to cover these practical and relevant topics while incorporating our faith in the process. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to follow our podcast so that you can listen to our new episode each Friday. And if you're already a follower, that's great. I hope you leave a podcast review so that others can find us as well. As always, thanks so much for listening as we continue to explore together what it means to be woven well. 